What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 21 of the Educate on Purpose podcast. I'm Brandon House, and today we are going to be talking a little bit about school culture. You know, uh, during this time, during the pandemic, and everybody has experienced the highs and lows of school culture. It's hard to keep staff. It's hard to keep staff happy. It's hard to keep yourself happy. What are some things that you can do in order to make sure that you and your staff are having a thriving and enduring and excited and cohesive school culture? Uh, These are three things that I've learned along the way as I've led a school during the early parts of a pandemic and as I've studied other schools that have been successful in maintaining a strong school culture. Stay tuned for episode 21, Strong School Culture. You are listening to the Educate on Purpose podcast. This show is designed to support school leaders that want to break down barriers in education. On this show, it doesn't matter if you're a mentor teacher, a district superintendent, or anything in between. Together, we fearlessly fight to provide quality education. We design joyous, caring learning environments, and we lead with clarity and purpose. Thanks for joining the Educate on Purpose family. Welcome to the Educate on Purpose podcast. I am Brandon House here to help you lead purposefully, grow strategically, and care intentionally. And welcome back to another episode. This episode today is all about school culture. So let's just jump right into it. You know, last episode, I mentioned a great article that I read. It just gave us a little bit of a teaser about what it means to be a good school with a good school culture. That article was written by the Harvard School of Education, their graduate school of education, and they mentioned having two big ideas that drive a good school culture. Those two big ideas were culture is connections and culture is core beliefs. And so what I wanted to do in this episode is talk a little bit about how I've experienced good school culture under these three or these two big buckets. So let's talk about big bucket number one. This is culture is connections. So there's a great book out by a guy named Daniel Coyle. He wrote the book Culture Code, and he talks a little bit about the magnificent, the fantastic, amazing Greg Popovich. If you don't know anything about Greg Popovich, then you are not a true basketball fan. I apologize to anybody out there who is not a basketball fan, but Greg Popovich is a fantastic coach who has coached the San Antonio Spurs since I can remember. Obviously, the San Antonio Spurs always have a winning season. They always have fantastic teams. And it's not because they have fantastic basketball players. In fact, most of the time, the people that are on the San Antonio Antonio Spurs are almost people you've never heard of before, but they always have a winning team. How was that? Well, it goes back to their coach, Greg Popovich. You see, Greg Popovich has a unique style of making sure that his team is successful. And Daniel Coyle talks about this in his book, The Culture Code. You see, 
what he talks about is that Greg Popovich, all the time, for all of his team members, he wants to find a meaningful connection for his team. So they always have team dinners. They always have uh, a, an opportunity where he can find some food restaurants to recommend to his players. You know, if he knows that his team, uh, a person on his team has an anniversary coming up or they want to go out on a cool date, Greg Popovich is the one who will find that restaurant, make the reservation, and then send his players to that restaurant. He also reads up on different people's hometown. So he, he may look at a a player's hometown where they came from and then find some articles in a newspaper or a magazine. One player talks about this, that they'll be sitting on a bus riding to their next game. And as they're sitting on the bus, Greg Popovich will walk by and drop a newspaper article in their lap or a magazine article in their lap and then say, Hey, uh, is this true about your hometown? Because in their home, t- in the article is an article about their hometown. It's, it's information about where they grew up. Greg Popovich genuinely wants to find these connections. He'll send out emails, text messages, make phone calls, and ask people what type of wine they like to drink, uh, what type of uh, music they like to listen to. He does it all. He wants to make sure that he has found a genuine connection with them. And so what he does during those times where he has team dinners and where he has all of his staff come and sit together, they're not there just to enjoy the food. They're there to make genuine bonds. And he creates that atmosphere so that everybody in his, on his team, in his organization, they can all make those genuine bonds. Now, how does this apply to a school leader or even as a teacher? Well, you see, sometimes as school educators, we think, oh, man, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to buy everybody a cup of coffee or I'm going to pass out donuts today and that will boost the school culture. Everybody will be happy. You know what? We'll let everybody wear jeans to school. Isn't that a great idea? And then. A few days later, you you hear some feedback from your teachers and they say, we're still not happy. Why? Just because you give the gift doesn't necessarily mean that you are building the culture. You are building those connections. If you want to have a staff party or you want to buy coffee for everybody, there has to be something behind it where you are looking for who they are as a person. Which brings me to my first point, which is under cultures, culture is connections. Think about this. The point you want to have for your, for your organization, for your school is this. Think about their humanity first. Think about their humanity first. Every person on your staff is a human being. They have feelings They have hard times. They have successful times. They're thinkers. They're hard workers. They sometimes have days where they don't want to come to work. And don't act like you are the person who wants to come to work every single day because you are the same way. In fact, we're all humans working on the same staff. The point of building a connection is to find every person's humanity. You see, 
When you find out what their humanity is, who they are as a person, find out their background, understand a little bit more about them, then you are able to make that a part of your daily interactions. This is a requirement. Don't skip this. This is a requirement. There are a lot of school leaders out there who make the mistake of sending out a staff survey, learning about what type of treat people like and learning about what type of food they like to eat. Where's their favorite restaurant? We'll buy them a gift card and then they'll, they'll be happy. But instead, you should be thinking about who they are as a person and how can you incorporate that in your daily interaction with them? Maybe. It's taking a little bit more time to sit down and listen to them, to go to when you're at lunch, at lunch duty, you're standing next to them and you're asking them questions about who they are as a person, not about school all the time, just about how's their daughter. You know, I know they had a test that was coming up a couple of weeks ago. Did they pass? Is there anything you need me to do for that? Uh, I know you're going back to grad school to get your master's degree. How's that going? What do you think about the professor? Oh, man, I saw you have the coolest car outside. I'd love to ride with you one day and see how it feels. Those genuine interactions make your staff culture so much better. So what's the main point? Think about their humanity first. And when you think about their humanity first and you incorporate that in your daily interactions, then you show them that it's okay to be a real human being. And this human being is free to make choices, choices that will help them do better at school, choices that might be a mistake. They're free to have all of the answers. They're free to have none of the answers. They're free to take risk. And on the flip side, you as a leader are also allowed to do the same thing. Because when you expect somebody else to display their humanity and not be a robot or not to uh, function in the, the unwritten world of school expectations, then you yourself can function as a human. You can say, you know what, I'm going to make this decision, but it may not be the right choice because you know what, I actually probably don't know the answer. I'm going to try and I'm going to take a risk because I think it might be the right thing to do. And that's okay because that's how leaders build a strong connection and a strong culture. I like to sum it up this way. I think I might make a t-shirt or a sweatshirt or something like this. You guys let me know what you think. But I think I'm going to make a t-shirt that says, authenticity wins. If you're a school leader, you should lead with authenticity. Always be who you are as a person. Let that shine through and then your teachers will do the same. Then you'll have these opportunities to build connections with them and they will genuinely search for opportunities to build connections with each other. Now, let's switch over to the second bucket. The second bucket is culture is core beliefs. And I want you to think about this. Good leadership is saying an expectation, saying a vision, and then upholding that vision and those values and those beliefs in your daily actions. 
I like to tell this story all the time, especially to my kids, because, you know, sometimes my kids get in trouble. They bicker with each other and they start arguing and they start, you know, being mean to each other. And I'll, I'll tell them to stop. And then two minutes later, they'll come back and do the same thing. And so I had this conversation one time with, with two of my kids. I said, think about it this way. What if you walked up to your sister and you smacked them in the face and then you said, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to smack you in the face. I promise I won't ever do it again. And then the next day you walk up to her and you smack her in the face again. And then you say, oh, I'm sorry. I promise I won't ever do it again. The next day you come up to her. What do you think she's going to do? She's probably going to avoid you at all costs. She doesn't want to play with you. Why? Because you told her you weren't going to smack her anymore, but you still smacked her. That, by the way, my kids don't hate each other. That's just, you know, my kids are angels. They're, they're amazing. Anyway, so, you know, this is an example of what we do as school leaders sometimes. Sometimes we say, guys, Here's the vision. We have our school improvement plan. We have all of our, our actions and our main points. And then as soon as the fire hits, oh, man, um, uh, we don't even know what the school leadership plan is. In fact, some people don't even share their school improvement plan with the school. It just is a document they have to send in in order for them to get the Title I money or whatever funds they're trying to, to get or just to be compliant with whatever the superintendent asked them to do. It's not an actual document that people want to get behind. But here's the problem. When you hire on a staff, when you hire on people to be a part of your team, they want you to be a great leader. In fact, when you hired them and you communicated your vision and your school culture and all of these things to them, they bought into the school. They also bought into you as a good leader. So teachers want you to succeed. And sometimes the veteran teachers, they also want you to succeed, but be prepared. They've seen the good the bad, and the ugly. So they know when there's a school leader that just is saying a lot of good things but hasn't upheld their, their end of the bargain. Expect those challenges. Expect those types of interactions to come because teachers have seen leaders say one thing and then not uphold them. Not because they're not trying to, just because they get lost in the weeds. They get lost in the day-to-day interactions. So in order to have a great culture that is supported by strong core beliefs, the leader has to say, these are our core beliefs. This is how we will function every single day day. And you build those core beliefs into your vocabulary so that in your daily interactions, you're constantly going back to these values. And as you run into situations, as you run into fires, you have to stop and check yourself and say, hmm, what are our core values? Are the actions that I'm taking upholding these core values? If not, What should I change or how can I change this in order for this to be 
aligned with my core values. Now, here's an idea. The other thing is, is that as a good leader, you don't always have to be the one to answer that question. So you can have your staff come in and as you name your core values, teachers, here's our core values. Here's what we're thinking about. Uh, this is the problem that we have. Let's see if we can fix this problem and ensure that it is, it is aligned with our core beliefs and our core values on this issue. Now you've created buy-in. Again, you've also created connection. All of this leads back to a great school culture. So what's the main point for this? Good leadership upholds the communication or the vision that they've set out for the team. Every single day, your actions uphold the core beliefs and the values of your school. And you hold your teachers accountable to those core values and beliefs. And don't get me wrong, this is not some militaristic type thing. This is just a reminder day in and day out that you have a way of being. And people want to see that. It makes them feel comforted. Just like I said in my example, if we constantly say one thing and we do another, it causes a little bit of panic, a little bit of uneasiness, and eventually the veteran teachers, even your new teachers, they will find something else. And that may be part of the reason why there's a little bit of the what we call the great resignation right now is because school is so unpredictable. We're saying one thing and then we're getting another thing that it's hard for anybody to figure out how to exist. So I know right now during the pandemic, there are lots of unknowns, but we're in... Uh, almost three years of this at this point or going on three years of this at this point. So leaders have more context than they've had ever before on how to create a good school culture and how to navigate those unpredictable events. And when they have those unpredictable events, they go back to who they are as a school. What are their core beliefs and what are the actions that are going to align to that? Let's go to the second point for core culture is core beliefs. So we've talked about having good leadership, but good leadership also means that point number two, you're providing more opportunities and you're relieving more burdens. So I was uh, scrolling through all of my social media feeds, and I, there's one guy that I like. He is a um, he he's an educational psychologist. He does a lot of great writing. I don't know if you've heard of him, but his name is Adam Grant. And Adam Grant had this post that stopped me in mid scroll as I'm scrolling through mindlessly on mindlessly on social media. Uh, yeah, you know, sometimes I can get caught in that as well. But uh, this is what his his post said. It says, burnout is being overwhelmed by work. Boredom is being underwhelmed by work. Having too much responsibility is exhausting and having too little is deflating. Idle time and pointless tasks undermine energy. 
Motivation depends on balancing what's meaningful with what's manageable. I don't know that I need to summarize this any better than Adam Grant did, but let's think about this in context of school. You see, if you're thinking the way that I'm thinking, sometimes school leaders find their most amazing teachers and they want to give them extra tasks. You know what? We have a committee that we need to uh, create our next event and I need to find Mrs. Such and Such and Mrs. Such and Such because they are amazing in class. They're doing so well in class that they could probably handle a little more activity later on. And so... We, we go to those teachers and eventually we put so much on them that they're burned out. Meanwhile, there might be a first or second year teacher who is feeling amazing. They're still looking to learn and be the best type of teacher that they can be. And we just skip over them because we feel like they have nothing to contribute to the rest of the school. And so we create this imbalance of putting so much on our veteran teachers, the ones that we've seen have successful classrooms, and we give so little to those who are searching for things and are new to the profession. Now, some of that is, makes logical sense, but sometimes we have to be aware of the opportunities or the lack thereof that we're providing for our staff. So you have to think about it this way. Let's let's frame it in the world of the, the the pandemic. During this time, there are lots of teachers who are communicating that they have a lot on their plate. There's lots to think about constantly shifting classroom cultures. Uh, they have to figure out how to teach virtually sometimes, and then they have to figure out how to teach in person. The schedules are changing, the seating arrangements, they have to move their classroom here, there, on top of just being worried about whether or not they or someone in their family will be getting sick anytime soon. That may mean that we have to think about as school leaders how can we relieve some of their burdens? Because they're overwhelmed and they cannot function in, in a meaningful manner. There also may be those teachers who are thinking, you know what? Teaching virtually is not enough. I have taught virtually and when I teach that class, I'm, it, it's hard. But then as soon as I close out of that Zoom meeting, I don't have anything else to do. I would love to figure out a way to get involved in the classroom, get involved more with the school and help them figure out more manageable ways for the other teachers who might be feeling burned out. School leaders, hear me when I say this. This is a mistake that I made and have will continue have continued to make over and over again and I am slowly learning this is that you don't have to do it all on your own. And just because there are teachers out there that have complained about something or not feeling they're feeling overwhelmed and burned out doesn't mean that every teacher is feeling overwhelmed and burned out. In fact, there are teachers that are looking to support who want to give more and want to help. Your job as a leader is to provide those teachers with more opportunities while relieving burdens from the ones who may be feeling burned out. That way you create create the synergy within your school that says, you know what? My teacher, my school leader sees me as a human, 
they hear me when they say me. When I say me as a person, when I say I as a teacher am not doing well, they find opportunities for me and they see that I am a human and they want to figure out a way that I can, they can bring along the rest of the team in order to help me get better. That is a great school culture. So let's sum it up once again. We have these two big buckets. We have the culture is connections bucket. We have the cultures is core beliefs bucket. And underneath the cultures is connections bucket, we think about humanity first. Then underneath our culture is core beliefs bucket, we think about good leadership upholds their core values and every belief that they communicate. And then point number two, they think about providing more opportunities and relieving more burdens. I hope that this episode was helpful for you, and I'd love to hear some feedback on how you've taken these examples and implemented them in your school culture. You can find me on all the social media platforms. You can also check us out at BrandonGHouse.com, and I would love to hear from you. So until next time, remember to educate on purpose. If you enjoyed this week's podcast, be sure to rate and subscribe on your podcast app. You can find this podcast wherever you love to listen to your favorite podcast. You can also follow me on Twitter at Mr. Brandon House or join the Facebook page at facebook.com slash Mr. Brandon House. Thanks again for listening and remember to educate on purpose.